0: Book six, chapter three of *The Return of the Native* by Thomas Hardy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Book six, after courses, chapter three: The Serious Discourse of Klim with His Cousin. Throughout this period YoBright had more or less pondered on his duty to his cousin Thomason. He could not help feeling that it would be a pitiful waste of sweet material if the tender-natured thing should be doomed from this early stage of her life onwards to dribble away her winsome qualities on lonely gorse and fern. But he felt this as an economist merely, and not as a lover. His passion for Eustacia had been a sort of conserve of his whole life and he had nothing more of that supreme quality left to bestow. So far the obvious thing was not to entertain any idea of marriage with Thomason, even to oblige her. But this was not all. Years ago there had been in his mother's mind a great fancy about Thomason and himself. It had not positively amounted to a desire, but it had always been a favorite dream that they should be man and wife in good time if the happiness of neither were endangered thereby was the fancy in question so that what course save one was there now left for any son who reverenced his mother's memory as yobright did it is an unfortunate fact that any particular whim of parents which might have been dispersed by half an hour's conversation during their lives becomes sublimated by their deaths into a fiat the most absolute with such results to conscientious children as those parents, had they lived, would have been the first to decry. Had only Yobright's own future been involved, he would have proposed to Thomason with a ready heart. He had nothing to lose by carrying out a dead mother's hope, but he dreaded to contemplate Thomason wedded to the mere corpse of a lover that he now felt himself to be. He had but three activities alive in him, one was his almost daily walk to the little graveyard wherein his mother lay another his just as frequent visits by night to the more distant enclosure which numbered his eustatia among its dead the third was self-preparation for a vocation which alone seemed likely to satisfy his cravings that of an itinerant preacher of the eleventh commandment it was difficult to believe that thomason would be cheered by a husband with such tendencies as these Yet he resolved to ask her and let her decide for herself. It was even with a pleasant sense of doing his duty that he went downstairs to her one evening for this purpose, when the sun was printing on the valley the same long shadow of the housetop that he had seen lying there times out of number while his mother lived. Thomason was not in her room, but he found her in the front garden.
1: I have long been wanting Thomason, he began to say something about a matter that concerns
0: both our futures
2: and you're going to say it now
0: she remarked quickly coloring as she met his gaze
2: do stop a minute klim and let me speak first for oddly enough i have been wanting to say something to you
0: by all means say on damsey
2: i suppose nobody can overhear us
0: she went on casting her eyes around and lowering her voice
2: well first you will promise me this that you won't be angry and call me anything harsh if you disagree with what i propose
0: bright promised And she continued.
2: "'What I want is your advice, for you are my relation. I mean, a sort of guardian to me, aren't you, Klim?'
0: "'Well,
1: yes, I suppose I am, a sort of guardian. In fact, I am, of
0: course,' he said, altogether perplexed as to her drift.
2: "'I am thinking of marrying,'
0: she then observed blandly.
2: "'But I shall not marry unless you assure me that you approve of such a step. Why don't you speak?'
0: i was rather taken by
1: surprise but nevertheless i am very glad to hear such news i shall approve of course dear tamsey who can it be i am quite at a loss to guess no i am not tis the old doctor not that i mean to call him old for he's not very old after all ah, i noticed when he attended you last time
2: no no
0: she said hastily
2: tis mr venn
0: clem's face suddenly became grave
2: there now, you don't like him, and I wish I hadn't mentioned him.
0: She exclaimed, almost petulantly.
2: And I shouldn't have done it either, only he keeps on bothering me so till I don't know what to do.
0: Clem looked at the Heath. I like ven well enough. He answered at last. He is a very
1: honest, and at the same time astute man. He is clever, too, as is proved by his having got you to favour him. But really, Thomason, he is not quite
2: gentleman enough for me. That is just what I feel. "'I am sorry now that I asked you, and I won't think any more of him. "'At the same time, I must marry him if I marry anybody. "'That I will say.'
0: "'I don't see that,' said Clim, carefully concealing every clue to his own interrupted intention, which she plainly had not guessed.
1: "'You might marry a professional man, or somebody of that sort, "'by going into the town and forming acquaintances there.'
2: "'I'm not fit for town life, so very rural and silly as I always have been.' Do not you yourself notice my countrified ways?
1: Well, when I came home from Paris I did, a little, but I don't now.
2: That's because you have got countrified too. Oh, I couldn't live in a street for the world. Agden is a ridiculous old place, but I have got used to it, and I couldn't be happy anywhere else at all.
0: Neither could I, said Clem.
2: Then how could you say that I should marry some town man? I am sure, say what you will, that I must marry Diggory, if I marry at all. He has been kinder to me than anybody else, and has helped me in many ways that I don't know of.
0: Thomas had almost pouted now. Yes, he has, said Clem in a neutral tone. Well,
1: I wish with all my heart that I could say marry him. But I cannot forget what my mother thought on that matter. And it goes rather against me not to respect her opinion. There is too much reason why we should do the little we can to respect it now.
2: Very well, then
1: sighed thomason
2: i will say no more
1: but you are not bound to obey my wishes
0: i merely say what i think
2: oh no i don't want to be rebellious in that way
0: she said sadly
2: i had no business to think of him i ought to have thought of my family what dreadfully bad impulses there are in me
0: her lips trembled and she turned away to hide a tear klim though vexed at what seemed her unaccountable taste was in measure relieved to find that at any rate the marriage question in relation to himself was shelved through several succeeding days he saw her at different times from the window of his room moping disconsolately about the garden he was half angry with her for choosing ven then he was grieved at having put himself in the way of Ben's happiness who was after all as honest and persevering a young fellow as any on egdon since he had turned over a new leaf in short Clem did not know what to do. When next they met, she said, abruptly, He is
2: much more respectable now than he was then.
0: Who? Oh, yes, Diggory
1: then.
2: Aunt only objected because he was a riddle man.
1: Well, Thomason, perhaps I don't know all the particulars of my mother's wish. So you had better use your own discretion.
2: You will always feel that I slighted your mother's memory.
1: No, I will not. I shall think you are convinced that, had she seen Diggory in his present position, she would have considered him a fitting husband for you now that's my real feeling don't consult me any more but do as you like thomason i shall be content
0: it is to be supposed that thomason was convinced for a few days after this when Clym strayed into a part of the heath that he had not lately visited humphrey who was at work there said to him
2: i am glad to see that mrs wildeve and venn have made it up again seemingly
0: have they said clim abstractedly
2: "'Yes, and he do contrive to stumble upon her "'whenever she walks out on fine days with the child. "'But, Mr. Yobright, I can't help feeling "'that your cousin ought to have married you. "'Tis a pity to make two chimney corners, "'where there need be only one. "'You could get her away from him now, "'tis my belief, if you were only to set about it.'
1: "'How can I have the conscience to marry "'after having driven two women to their deaths? "'Don't think such a thing, Humphrey.' after my experience i should consider it too much of a burlesque to go to church and take a wife in the words of job i have made a covenant with mine eyes when then should i think upon a maid
2: no mr clim don't fancy that about driving two women to their deaths you shouldn't say it
1: well we'll leave that out said your bride but anyhow god has set a mark upon me which wouldn't look well in a love-making scene i have two ideas in my head and no others I'm going to keep a night school, and I'm going to turn preacher. What have you got to say to that, Humphrey?
2: I'll come and hear with all my heart.
0: Thanks. Tis all I wish. As Clem descended into the valley, Thomason came down by the other path and met him at the gate.
2: What do you think I have to tell you, Clem?
0: She said, looking archly over her shoulder at him. I can guess. He replied. She scrutinized his face.
2: Yes, you guess right. It is going to be, after all. He thinks I may as well make up my mind, and I have got to think so too. It is to be on the twenty-fifth of next month, if you don't object.
1: Do what you think right, dear. I am only too glad that you see your way to clear happiness again. My sex owes you every amends for the treatment you received in days gone by.
0: Footnote The writer may state here that the original conception of the story did not design a marriage between Thomason and Ven. He was to have retained his isolated and weird character to the last, and to have disappeared mysteriously from the heath, nobody knowing whither, Thomason remaining a widow. But certain circumstances of serial publication led to a change of intent. Readers can therefore choose between the endings, and those with an austere artistic code can assume the more consistent conclusion to be the true one. End of Book Six, Chapter Three